0: Will you trust God to take away your fears? Will you trust God to never let go? Will you trust God to catch you when you fall? Will you trust God even when it doesn't add up? Well, good morning, church. How are you? Good to see everybody. It's been a few weeks, so if you're new with, it, uh, with us, you've been here a few weeks. I know I haven't been here, so happy to see you. My name's John. I'm the lead pastor, and uh, whoa, it's Comeback Sunday, if you don't know. So if you've been here, if you're newer, you know, Carrie had COVID, and she's been on oxygen for a while, and so this is her first week back, and then this is my first week back after surgery, so it's Comeback Sunday. <laughs> Come Back Sunday. So I never thought I'd say this, but I'm, I'm thankful just to have pants on today. It's good. I haven't worn pants in a while. That's a bad visual. I mean, shorts. I've been wearing shorts a lot, so. but I haven't worn any pants in a while. Forget it. You're out of here. All right. Well. <laughs> I should have you stand up and say, hey, nice pants. That'd be great. But anyway, we're glad you're here. And uh, this is a new series we're in. And uh, we've got some great, exciting things coming on, uh, coming up this week, in the next few weeks. So uh, Men's has got an event and a lot of different things. So jump in. I just encourage you to get, get involved and get plugged in. On a, at the end of the month, we're going to be helping a local farm. In fact, Vanessa, wave, Vanessa. I know you don't want this, but wave. And so she's, she works at the farm and they need some help. And so, I, you know, this would be a beautiful time for us as a church to come and rally around her and help out and uh, maybe you've never picked or, or, or we did uh, now's your time you'll get trained very quickly and they also have a gift for you outside so they, they brought some zucchinis and squashes for you you can take home alright so you can do that today on your way out you can grab one of those but, to, uh, but sign up we'd love to have you it's going to be a fun time out in the fields and we'll just uh, enjoy and just really bless uh, Cherry Valley we just want to be there to be a blessing to them and Vanessa as well so uh, if you'll sign up that'd be great um, in your Bibles we're starting a new series Called A Widow's Trust. You can turn to 1 Kings 17. That's where we're going to be today. Uh, this will be a three week series, and uh, we're really just going to talk about a couple different widows that we see in the scriptures, but what we can learn, uh, what God is teaching us. And so uh, I, I believe through this message, God's speaking a lot to all of us. Uh, you know, maybe you're in a different place today, but uh, I'm telling you, you'll, you'll always remember what God's going to speak today. It's going to be a great message. In fact, I'm going to uh, kind of give you a visual of the message uh, right from the get go. So here you go. Uh, so we got some oil, we got some, some flour, and so the title of the message today, don't tell them yet, Dave, don't put it up there yet, the title is A Handful and a Little. Say it with me, handful, handful. and a little. How many of you guys have had a time in your life where you're down to the last drops of stuff? Maybe it's resources. Maybe it's flour and oil like you see in the scripture, but you'll, you'll see this in the messages we read. Uh, but you know what? Maybe it's faith. Maybe you're down to your last ounce of faith. You just, world pressure, whatever's going on in life, circumstances, and you're just, man, you're almost bone dry. You know, this would be a great message for, for you if maybe you're in that place now. Maybe you're up, as Carrie said, maybe you're on the mountaintop. Uh, look, you've had these moments. You know you've had these moments. And so, uh, and Maybe you're not there now, but you will be. I want you to remember really what this widow is going to teach us in these moments. And uh, so today, if you've got your Bibles, 1 Kings 17, how many of you guys are ready for the word? You ready to hear the word? There's two of you. How many are ready to hear the word? I hope so. Let's pray. We need to get more excited about the scripture. Lord, I just thank you so much for your word and what you're going to do, what you're going to empower us with. We give you your word. We're thankful that it's here to teach, help, rebuke. Whatever we need, God, we know is good for us. In the name of Jesus, everyone said... Amen. All right. We got 16 verses. I don't really usually read a lot of verses, but how many of you guys have had something happen in your life, but there's a backstory, right? There's a, there's a quick answer, but, you get, but if you gave just a quick answer, it wouldn't make as much sense unless you gave the backstory. You know what I'm talking about? This is one of those passages, all right? So the widow just kind of shows up in the middle of what's going on and a prophet's the prophet here is Elijah. His name's Elijah. He's a uh, great man of God. But uh, there's something happening in, in Israel. It's been going on for a long time. And so uh, there's a time where uh, God is speaking to Elijah. And uh, that's where we're at in uh, chapter 17, verse 1. So there's, there's a little backdrop. You know, there's Elijah. But let's read these 16 verses and then we'll jump right in. It says, and Elijah, the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, who was king of Israel at the time, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide of the brook Sharith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. And he went and stayed at the brook Shareth, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, saying, Arise, Go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came there to the gate of the city, indeed, when he came to the, uh, to the gate of the city, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And she was going to get it. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread only a handful of flour and a bin and a little oil in a jar that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah, Elijah said to her don't fear go and do as you've said but make me a small cake from it first, and bring it to me. Then afterward, make some for yourself and for your son. For this says the Lord God of Israel: the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends the rain on the earth. So he went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she, she and she, and he, and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar, jar of oil run dry, according. To the word of the Lord, which He's spoken by Elijah. Now I'm only going to read the first 16 verses. I encourage you to go home and read the rest. There's more to the story in verse 17 and on and forward. But um, this is a strange story, isn't it? Did you read the same verse that I did? This is a strange story and divine all at the same time. You know, it's interesting in our life. There's going to be strange situations. I mean, we've been through a strange year. But in the midst of that, God can do divine things in the midst of the strange. In fact, sometimes, and if you know the whole backstory of Elijah, sometimes in these moments, God is allowing things to happen or he's creating things. Always to draw you closer, always to draw you to God to show his righteousness and his goodness. But this is a strange story for for many reasons. There's, There's birds bringing meat. Elijah drinking out of a brook. How many of you guys have been to Israel? Anybody? If you have, you know the Jordan is far from clean. And the brook running into Jordan is far from clean as well. But this is what Elijah's drinking from. I mean, imagine drinking out of one of our creeks. We live right here on you know, a creek right by Montreal. Right Montre- I'm telling you, you won't want to drink from that. Strange that God would give Elijah a word. And here's here's what's amazing. Elijah gave the word and the drought began. The same prophet Elijah that gave the prophetic word also suffered from the drought as well. Sometimes we think, oh, it'd be great to be a prophet. You know what? You're going through stuff too. God's word's always gonna be good, but you know what? It also affects you because Elijah was affected by the drought as well. How long did it go on? It doesn't, scripture doesn't say it, but uh, let's be real. It takes a while for a brook to dry up. So it was a long season of time. Not only that, but the widow was basically at not only the last of her resources, but she hadn't eaten in a while. She was planning, preparing. She was speaking out of her heart. She was afraid, and she said, hey, this is going to be my, we're going to eat it, and we're going to die. It was a serious situation. Strange moment. Now, if you know anything about Scripture, how many of you guys have ravens in your yard? Those are crazy birds, aren't they? Those are crazy birds. In fact, if you remember the story of Noah, if you've ever read the story of Noah, there was the the dove and the raven. The raven was the wild bird. In fact, if you're Jewish, and Jewish in the Old Testament and, and the law... Ravens were unclean. So think about this. You have God telling the prophet Elijah to tell Ahab, the king, that there's going to be a drought. And then God tells Elijah, look, there's going to be a drought. I want you to go to the brook. I want you to drink from that dirty brook. And I'm going to send you an unclean bird to bring you meat. You ever had a moment where you're like, I don't know if that was God or not. (laughs) but Elijah said okay went to the brook drank from the brook fed by the bird and then eventually it dries up Now, what would that be like you're drinking from that brook drinking from that brook and then all of a sudden no more water and right in that moment God speaks to you again and he says I want you to go to Zarephath there's a widow there in fact, the scripture says, depending on what translation he says, it says, I've commanded, as the New King James, and the, an the NIV and the NLT, I believe it says, I've instructed the widow to, feed, to provide for you, to feed you. Now, I want you to remember that, because as we kind of go through these points, I want you to remember that God has been speaking through Elijah. And Elijah didn't really have to do anything. All he had to do was speak That's what he said. He said, the moment you speak, the drought will happen. The moment you speak again, I'll send rain. Now, it might have been fun to be a prophet at some times. There's prophets today. Prophets today are here to encourage or really to bring heaven's heart to you. But they don't predict like in the Old Testament. They would tell kings and nations about things that were to come. There was these prophecies about future. Look, Jesus, Jesus gave us all we need to know about his return and his coming. We're not having prophets like that anymore. In fact, Scripture says you won't add or take away from Scripture in the book of Revelation. So the prophets, prophets are still here today, but it's a little bit different than the Old Testament prophet. But here's Elijah coming up and saying, hey, King Ahab, this is about to happen. As soon as I speak the word, the rain's going to stop, and there's going to be a tremendous drought that's going to affect the whole country, every person, including myself. Strange. Strange that a prophet, imagine being Elijah walking up to a widow, asking for a drink of water. Now I know God has instructed her. He's commanded uh, her to provide for this man, but she's never met Elijah. She's never met this person before. She doesn't know who it's going to be. She just knows that she needs to provide for someone, a prophet sent by God. But imagine being Elijah, walking up to the widow in the middle of a drought. Nobody has food. Everyone's struggling. Everyone's in the same place. Literally, Elijah's been fed by birds for a long time. And God sends her to a widow and she's out gathering sticks and she he says, Hey, give me a drink of water. And matter of fact, give me, if you could give me a, a morsel of bread. And she says, Look, as the Lord God lives, I don't have any bread. I've just got a handful of flour and a little bit of oil. Now how much guts? And I know she's heard and he's heard. But to hear this from a widow, to say, look, I've just got a handful and a little. And honestly, I was preparing to make that for me and my son, and then we're going to die. She was at that place in life where this was it. She was fully expecting not to make it through the drought, her and her son. And that's when Elijah shows up. I don't know about you, but I love the Lord, but I may have had a hard time saying, would you make me a little bit first? When you make that cake for you and your son, would you give me the first piece? And then you guys could have some. Now I'm thankful I know there's more to this story. I know Elijah gives a tremendous word to her. But I just want you to know, look, we all have emotions. We all have feelings. We all go through stuff. Maybe you're there today. Maybe you're just at your wit's end. You're you're down to your last bit of flour and your last bit of oil. I don't think you're literally in this situation, but you know what? Maybe you've been going through something for so long you just need God to show up. You just need him to speak. Maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online and your health has been so bad You just need God to heal you. You just need his healing. You need his relief. You have no more energy left. Your tank is dry. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. Look, there's so many things that we could say, I'm I'm done. Like this widow. I'm just going to eat this and die. That's it. You know, it's interesting that God uses strange times to implement his, his order, his divine things. I told you there was a backstory in 1 Kings sixteen thirty three. I want you to see God wasn't being mean. He wasn't being cruel to the widow. He wasn't being unjust in any way. In 1 Kings 16, I just want you to see that King Ahab was a terrible man. Verse 33 of 16 says, And Ahab made a wooden image... Ahab, listen to this, did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel were before him. This was an evil king. Imagine not only that he was an evil king, but he provoked the Lord. Could you imagine in today's world, in the culture we live in with the media And look, I know media can be good and bad. It's neutral. I'm not saying that all media is bad, but could you imagine if they captured this story on film and they captured Elijah asking this poor widow who's getting ready to eat her last meal, her and her son before they die, could you imagine what the media would say about Elijah? Could you imagine what the media would say about God himself? about the church, about this widow and her child. Oh, it would be a heyday, wouldn't it? But let me just tell you something. This King Ahab provoked the Lord to anger, so much so that God had to prevail and reveal what justice and grace and goodness was. And sometimes it seems strange, but it's in those strange moments where God does some of the best work. And it's some of those moments where you learn more in that small window than you probably will ever learn in your lifetime. It's in those moments when our flesh and everything within us is totally down to its last cup of flour and our last bit of oil when there's no other answers, there's no other solution. You know, if we can learn anything from the widow, we begin to see that not only did she have faith, but she had fear too. Because the first thing that Elijah said to her is don't be afraid. How many times have you heard God say that statement in the Bible? He said it to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. He said it to Gideon, I'm the least of these. I'm not very... I'm the least of my nation, I'm the least of my family, I'm the smallest, I'm the shortest. Don't be afraid. The disciples, Jesus would show up to them in a resurrected body. Naturally, they would were fearful. Don't be afraid. Listen, it was natural for this woman, this widow, to be afraid. It's natural for you and I, when we get in these moments, to be afraid, to be fearful. but when do you give up on your faith? When you get in these moments, are you going to give up on God? Look, the enemy loves. In fact, the scriptures say he's prowling around us like a lion, waiting, waiting for the moment to devour you, which means you have to give him the authority to devour you. He can't devour you in his own strength because you have a great God, but if you allow Him, sure He's going to sit at your table, and He loves to use fear. Oh, in the end times, you know how is He? In the end times, how is He going to get so many people to turn away from God? Fear. He's going to torment, and He's going to fear, and He's going to take away. In fact, the Scripture says He's going to use money. He's going to get you down to here. He's going to use fear. But what does the word say? Perfect love, by the way, is Jesus cast out all fear. You see, what we can learn from this widow is she was afraid. She was afraid just like you. I can't say that any one of us in this room, if we knew, if we were starving... And we were in a drought for a long time. How long was the drought? Enough to dry up the brooks, enough that there's no more resources, enough where this woman said, This is my last meal and we're going to die. You know, I was at a prayer breakfast on Friday in uh, Pastor Jay Passive, and I don't know if you know Pastor Jay. He was the founding pastor of Northway Church in, in Wexford. And he was there along with uh, Bishop Garlington. And we were just, uh, as pastors, we just were all uniting and praying over Pittsburgh and what God's calling us to do as a city. Um, And Pastor Jay got up and shared. And he said, you know what? This season in my life, there's nothing left. And I don't know if you know Pastor Jay's story, but he's got lung cancer. And he said, this has changed my prayer life. It's changed my relationship with God because the reality is, the facts say, I don't have much time left. But my faith says, God's my healer. And he says, it's a strange place to be in, but it's such a good place to be too. When you've got nothing left, but you've got to rely on God. Look, and if that's where you're at, I just want to encourage you, it's okay that you're afraid. It's all right that you're scared. But please don't choose fear. Don't allow your fear to dictate how you respond. Don't let your fear dictate how you worship Jesus or don't worship Jesus. And this is what the widow, what amazes me about the widow is, and I know God came to her. I know God said to feed her. But when this is your last morsel for you and your son, she had to make a choice to make the cake and give it to Elijah. She had to choose to make the cake. And Elijah said, hey, I want you to, the Lord said that this will never run dry and this will never run dry. And look, that's so encouraging. But you know, it didn't happen until she took this step of faith. When did this start to fill up? When did this start to fill up? Was it when she started emptying it out and started mixing it together? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to tell you that. Was it, you know, all of a sudden she started mixing it and then whew, filled back up? Or was it, not until she made the cake and handed it to Elijah and turned around and whoosh, Does it really matter? A miracle is a miracle. Regardless of when and how and what, however God did it, he made flour and oil from nothing. That's miraculous in itself. The how doesn't really matter, does it? If this was you, and you're making the cake for Elijah, afraid, nervous, scared, Because this is all you got left. But you heard a word from Elijah saying, Look, God's gonna fill it back up. This will never run dry. The miracle didn't happen until she had the faith to say, I'm choosing your word, God, over my fear. And the moment she did it, the miracle happened. The miracle happened. You know, we can learn a couple things from the widow. The first one being that she didn't let her fear dictate her faith. The second thing is, is give God what you have. You know, notice when God instructed the widow to provide for Elijah, she didn't say, hey, I want you to go to your neighbors and get some more flour and get some more oil. He just said, provide for him. He didn't give details. He didn't give her how to do it. He just said, You provide for him. You know, a lot of times, maybe this is just me, but I think it's you too. A lot of times we look at this and we say, what can God do with that? What can God do with that little bit of flour and that little bit of oil? Or we look at our faith and say, can't use me like he uses them. And we look at everyone else's faith. And then we look at our faith and we're like, I'll never be like that. God can't use me like that. If this widow can teach us anything, it will be just give God what you have. He's not asking you to compare yourself to your neighbor. He's not asking you to compare your resources with someone else's resources. He's not asking you if your faith is where their faith is. He's just asking you to give God what you have. If this is all you have, then you give it to him. You know, if we walk away from anything from this message, God loves, God loves to use a handful and a little. He's done it all through scripture. I don't know if you're a, a scholar of the scriptures or not but here's one thing you're going to see if you read this bible from cover to cover he loves to choose the least and when you when you become like the least he'll make you great he loves to take the handful the little what you say or seem or maybe think is insignificant and he does a miracle think about it think about any miracle in the scripture When Jesus was standing and teaching and he had this compassion to feed thousands of people, he didn't tell the disciples, look, go to every grocery store and buy all the food in all the stores and come back. He said, tell me what you have. You go collect what you have. And they brought back a boy's lunch, a few loaves of bread and a few fish. That's all he needed. Think about Gideon. Gideon was the least of his family, the smallest of them, the least of the tribes. He struggled with insecurity. He struggled with his confidence and his identity. And God said, don't be afraid, Gideon. I'm going to use you. You're going to be a man of valor. And there was this great battle between the Midianites and Gideon and his army. And some scholars say the Midianites had upwards of a million people in their army. A million people. Even if it was 800,000, does it really matter? A lot of people. And Gideon had 10,000. 10,000. 10,000 versus a million or 800,000, 500,000. Who cares? Whatever the number is, the the odds aren't good against Gideon. And God looks at Gideon and says, that's too many. He dwindles his army down to three hundred. 300, verse whatever the number is. The odds are impossible. There's just a handful and a little in comparison. And God used that and won. God loves to use the handful and the little. And you know what? To be honest with you, God doesn't need us to do a miracle, does He? He spoke everything in existence without us with just His words. But he chooses to use you. He chooses to use me. He chooses to do miracles with us. It really is beautiful. When he fed all those people, he told the disciples, what do you have? Sit them down in groups of 50 and 100. And when they started engaging and trusting, like the widow, when they did that, that's when the miracle happened. When the widow made the cake, that's when the miracle happened. When she decided to say, okay, God, I'm going to do it, that's when the miracle happened. My encouragement to you is, is don't, please, please don't. Minimalize what you have. Even if this is all you have, God can do miracles with it. God can change your situation. He can change your circumstance. And I promise you, we even do it with miracles, don't we? Oh, well, that was just a little miracle. Look, every miracle is a blessing, whether it's little or big. And why do we even, why do we even compare miracle, miracles to little and big? The fact is, is that God showed up and he did what he did. Give him glory and give him credit. How many times have you been sick? So I've heard this a lot from people. I've never seen a miracle before. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. How many times have you been sick and recovered? Give God credit that he healed your body. Many believers are like, I've never seen a miracle Jesus saved you. He died on the cross. That's a miracle. God's forgiven you of all your sins and mistakes. That's a miracle. If that's all you got, that's good enough. But I promise you, God has done miracle after miracle after miracle in your life. You've got to give God the little. You know, I was sitting here in between services thinking, when that widow, when she decided to trust God and make those cakes, I just want to encourage you. You may be gripped with fear right now with wherever you are. You may be gripped with, I don't know how God's going to do this. Maybe you feel like the widow. That's it. I'm, I'm just going to die right here in this place, in this season. Can I just challenge you to turn your fear into faith and just say, God, I'm, I'm going to trust you. And certainly God is, he loves you. He's in your life. There's something he wants to do. He wants to show you. I promise you the widow never forgot this. Flower filling up, oil filling. How many of you guys would forget that if it happened in your life? Look, and every miracle's unique. He's not repeating this for you, right? Every miracle's unique in its own way. But you have a great God that wants to answer, that wants to reveal himself, show himself to you. We do live in a strange time. But I promise you, God is doing divine things. You may be scared and fearful. Look, the widow was scared and fearful too. But she trusted God with just the little bit that she had. When I was thinking about this in between services, you know, if you read the rest of 1 of, uh, First, First Kings 17, Elijah does call, the, call it to rain. He does speak again and it begins to rain. And guess how God brought the rain? You can read about later in 17 and 18. Elijah looked up to the mountain, and guess what he saw? He saw a cloud the size of a fist, and it poured down rain. But everybody looked at him and thought, just a little cloud? That's not going to bring a lot of rain. And God saturated the land with that one, just with the little cloud that he saw, that little bit of faith. But Elijah knew Elijah knew, as soon as I speak, it's going to rain. As soon as I speak, it's going to rain. Here's another fun little fact. When God was creating the earth, he created Adam, created Eve, but before then, he also created the angels. One of those angels was Lucifer, Satan. And Satan and a third of the angels decided to revoke, provoke to go against God, just like Ahab. And God stood. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. God threw him out of heaven because all Satan wanted was people to worship him. And guess what? He was the worshiping angel. He was, he was created with all these stringed instruments, these beautiful things. He was the worshiping angel of heaven. I could just imagine the conversation between Lucifer and God. As God threw Lucifer out of heaven, basically throwing worship out of heaven, I could imagine Lucifer saying, What are you going to do now? You just threw the worshiping angel out of heaven. What are you going to do now, God? And he creates Adam. How are you going to create worship? And God takes Adam, makes him in dust. <laughs> There's my worshiper. Minimize the little. (laughs) God could use your little, He can use your handful, you just got to trust Him. And if you're there today, we're going to sing a song, it's a beautiful song called Millions of Little Miracles. Maybe you're that guy or that girl or maybe you're that person online saying, I've never seen a miracle give God an opportunity to show you. I, trust me, God has done thousands of miracles in your life, millions of miracles. And I just want you to open your heart and say, God, just show me, reveal it to me. But maybe you're in this place right here and whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, maybe you're afraid and like that woman saying, look, I'm I'm gonna die in this place. I can't do it anymore. Can you just, during this song, at some point just lift up your hands and say, God, I need you. I'm gonna trust you, I'm gonna make the cake. It's all I got, but I'm gonna make the cake. I'm gonna trust you. I believe God's gonna do a miracle in your life. I truly believe it. I believe that's why you're here. I believe that's why this word was given today. It's for you, it's for you, it's for me, it's for you online. So during the song, at any point, you just stand and you raise your hands to God and say, God, and be honest with him, I'm afraid, that's okay be honest. I'm afraid. I'm scared. But tell me what to do, and I'll do it. And follow through. You do it. You make the cake. Stand your feet. Lord, I just thank you for this church. Thank you for every person in the room, out of the room. Lord, you're a good God. Lord, we pray for miracle after miracle right here in this place. Lord, I'm so thankful over the last couple weeks I've seen So many people just responding with, God has healed me. God has healed me. God has done this. God has done that. This miracle's happened. This miracle's happened. God, I'm so thankful and grateful that you hear our prayers. It may be strange, but it's in those moments where you can do the divine work. God, we open our hearts to you. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Show us. Lead us into truth. Guide us. We need you this morning. In Jesus' name, everyone said